Welcome to the St. Richard's Podcast Sermon of the Week. This week's message is given by the Reverend Kelly Jennings. For more information, please visit us at strichards.org. Lord, may these words be faithful to your written word and lead us to the living word who is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, it is such a privilege to be able to reflect on these phenomenal passages of Scripture we have this morning. First, the Old Testament reading with some context. In 586 B.C., Israel went through a time of deep shame. The Babylonians destroyed the temple in Jerusalem. Many were killed. The lucky ones were taken to Babylon. Seventy years later, the descendants of the survivors, maybe even some of the survivors themselves, were allowed to return to Israel and to rebuild. So here, Isaiah the prophet conveys God's word to his beloved, his people Israel. Listen again. You shall no more be termed forsaken, and your land shall no more be termed desolate. But you shall be called, my delight is in her, and your land married. For as a young man marries a young woman, so shall your builder marry you. Those beautiful words. Israel's God, the God who made all things, the God who reveals himself to a singular people, is the one who says he loves them as a groom loves his bride. This is a God like no other. And we can recall this morning that this God who chose Israel promised that through them, as the Lord promised Abraham long before, through Israel, all nations would be blessed. In this return then to their land, following the Babylonian captivity, God's great story, history, God's history progresses, develops. Israel is invited back into a full life-giving relationship with the Lord who offers them like a groom his wealth, and his life. A divine groom loving his bride, not just for her own sake, but eventually for the Lord's. Okay, so now look at the context we have in the Gospel of John. None other than a wedding. Isn't that beautiful? I loved a reminder I came across this week about Jesus being, Jesus himself being, the union of heaven and earth. Jesus himself is a wedding. St. John, let's keep in mind every time we touch on the Gospel of John, St. John loves layers of meaning in just about every verse. And he chooses carefully seven signs as he lays out his Gospel that will each point to, as a sign does, who Jesus is, pointing to who Jesus is. So here in chapter 2, he tells us right out, this is the first of Jesus' signs. Well, why would changing water into wine be his first sign? We have to wonder that. No one is being cured. No one is being even raised from the dead. 
It's a puzzling first sign to reveal Jesus' divinity, right? Notice here that it's Mary, the mother of Jesus, who appears to initiate this sign. For whatever reason, a larger number of guests, perhaps, or more reveling than was expected, the wine apportioned for the feast gives out, and Mary simply goes and tells Jesus, they have no wine. This for a host would have meant shame indeed. That may have been part of Mary's concern. But this is John's gospel. So let's look a little deeper. Wine in the Bible is God's gift. Psalm 104 says, wine gladdens the heart of man. Wine brings people together. It warms us, it revives us, it heals us. In our Christian lives, God's Holy Spirit fills us, warms us, brings us together. So Mary saying they have no wine might also refer to her people. They have no spirit left in them. The people of God are run dry. Now to our own place in history. As daily, each of us learns that someone we know has contracted COVID or we discover symptoms in ourselves or we are suddenly having to quarantine or change our plans even just to go get tested, we find our supply is also running out. We are feeling very dry indeed. Trips to the grocery store, at least for me, have revealed emptier shelves, indicating lack of folks being able to stock those shelves, having to stay home. Signs are familiar now on storefront windows that refer to staffing shortages or closures altogether. Schools and clinics are all stretched for staff, and those able to stay on are stretched themselves and are running very dry in their reserves, having to work way more than they usually are used to working. They have no wine. Back to the gospel. My hour has not yet come says Jesus to his mom. Well, John is careful to give us words at the end of his gospel where we see that his hour has indeed come at the crucifixion, right? Jesus says, Father, the hour has now come for the Son of Man to be glorified. But that's a little further down the path for Jesus, three years later. But here, I love how Mary, a good mother, doesn't give Jesus any further explanation. Moms don't need to explain anything. So she simply turns to the servants and gives the final words. We hear the final words we hear from Mary in the Bible. Keep in mind, do whatever he tells you. Isn't that great? What is our Lord telling you today? Do whatever he tells you worth thinking about. If it is to rest, why aren't you resting? If it is to draw strength from him for what lies ahead and take up the bishop's challenge last week to try something new, then pray for courage to do it. If he is telling you to not be afraid, then just ask him for courage and move forward. If you don't hear his voice, 
then pray for a time each day to be able to be still and to listen. He will speak. He will speak. And remember, don't go it alone. You have family members here. So if you feel like Jesus is telling you to do something, ask someone else to listen with you and say, hey, I feel the nudge to do this, but does this sound like God? That's what we're here for. Part of why your family, your church family community is here is to help you listen and discern what he is telling you to do. Do whatever he tells you. Back at the wedding, Jesus tells the servants to fill six huge pitchers full of water, and then he tells them to draw some of that water out and take it to the chief steward. This MC of the party tastes it, calls the groom over, and praises him for keeping the good wine for the end. Now you have to wonder, what was the groom's thoughts as he encounters this? What was his response? Well, gratitude for one, I can imagine. Everyone's reputation is saved. The party can go on. And John says, Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Friends, here is the good news today. Jesus is the good one. Jesus is the best one. He is new life. He is restoration. He is rest. He is reinvigoration. Three years after the wedding, let's keep in mind, he says to his friends at the Last Supper, holding up the cup of wine, drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant. We remember those words here every Sunday. He died so we might live. Friends, his blood is our transfusion. Do you know what a grapevine does in the wintertime? A grapevine. A grapevine needs a period of dormancy in order to store up energy for its new growth in the springtime. Here we are, grapevines. It's winter. So in the winter, a vine will absorb much less water in its tissues to prevent it from freezing, but it will increase its intake of sugars and protein. Now, that right there might be enough to make you run out and grab more chocolate and cheese off the shelves. Go ahead, <laughs> if that helps. But also, think with me, too, about what it might mean. If you're feeling dry today, maybe that's right where God wants you to be. Maybe that's just normal, especially right now. Of course, we're in abnormal times, so the dryness is especially palpable. But maybe that's where God wants you to be, and maybe our search, it's not never too far away, is for protein. And I would suggest part of it, of course, is showing up here for the sacrament, best food in the world. Another big source of protein is God's word. So consider picking up a gospel this week. Or don't put the pressure on, just say, I'm going to read the gospel of John over the next month. And just let that protein absorb into your veins. Psalm 37 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Friends, allow the Spirit in these times to comfort you. Allow his word 
to enrich you. Notice that dryness, but trust that that might be something that's protecting you for the Lord, the growth that's about to come in the next season ahead. And welcome to the wedding feast you showed up for today. You, in fact, are the one to be married. As this Cameron reminded us in Sunday school, you are the beloved. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. For service times or more information on St. Richard's, please visit strichards.org.